curtains around or the basket is, I guess. When I grew up, we had an offering plate, but uh, now we get really neat baskets, probably from Michael's or something, <laughs> Hobby Lobby. But um, the, um, the baskets come around, and, you know, we, you know, we give our offering to the Lord, and uh, a lot of times we don't, we're not always sure where all the money goes. And, and one of the things, when we give to the Dakota Baptist Convention, it's one of our tithes that the church tithes to, is um, a lot of the money uh, or a portion of that goes into the missions overseas, the cooperative program. Yeah, and, and, it, and it goes directly, guys like Tom that are out and about and, uh, and, and preaching the gospel throughout to all the ends of the earth. And I think we forget about that. Like sometimes we write a check and we're like, I don't know, I throw some money in there and you realize, well, I don't know, I, I don't know where that's all going, but, uh, you know, I trust it. But to know that not only are we keeping lights on and, and that kind of stuff and, and paying rents, but we're also trying to work, the church is also tithing to the cooperative program to ensure that, that, that us plus a lot of other churches combining can, can make it so people can go overseas and, uh, and, and do God's work. So and, that's and something. Really it's a neat thing because a lot of missionaries
I finally learned, only day I ever learned, just so happened there was a missionary in my area. I don't remember her name. I don't remember what country she was from. I don't remember a thing of what she said. But God just spoke to my heart that day. One day, I'll send you over there. Now, in your church. Is that, is that how you chose Turkey? Or did God choose Turkey for you? Or how did that happen? Uh, Turkey is how, there are several steps in the process. But when we were in Texas, we were going to school. And we knew the time would come because God just led. He's telling them, he's telling you. So it's <laughs> amazing how he speaks through his word right right to us. So tell us a little bit about the area that you're in. Uh, I'm assuming you're mostly in other Christians mostly, correct? Yeah. Uh, we're on the middle of the Black Sea coast now. Um, our last four days are very simple. But before we finished our camp, Dad planted some really fast fish and put it out there on the coast of New Hampshire. And before it was the only church within a five, six hours. That's pretty neat. That is neat. So what are some of the struggles that you've, you've met when uh, you're either on the road now or in this class teaching? I, I know, I've, I've been following you for the past 20 years now, so I know the class teaching is difficult. Um, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just, Friday, Saturday, 
there's a lot of, when the files get open, there's a lot, there's a lot of other names that could come up on the list. And then, um, but then um, 20 minutes after that, I got a call from my senior at the time, and his mother in law, Korean, South Korean, has a different proxy. She had no idea what was going on there. So, and she said, tell that family not to open the court case and just immediately get on the boat. I'm like, oh, okay, Dad. So we actually That's left pretty with cool. ended up spending the Christmas break in Bulgaria working on case in Macedonia and <coughs> Romania. Oh, it was cr- it was awesome. <laughs> and so you know, th- it was a huge blessing. Yep. You know, so it's like all these things, they're not easy, but God works in my life. So it wasn't a year long vacation, it was three years building you up mentally. It, it felt it. like a vacation, it was fun. <laughs> I actually <laughs> I tried to get the back of the room to call. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> so, uh, so what are some key things that you see God using? I mean, God does always, and and uh, and something that's really been near and dear to my heart is seeing the Muslim Jewish battles, and and it seems like we both have to rely on God, and that's been kind of on our mind this year. Is there something? What What are some things that you've seen God? Well, a year later, we were moved. <laughs> Says you. <laughs> yeah. But how that started with Korean, there's actually, there used to be a lot of Christian people, especially in the early days. Plus, when you're reading the Bible passage, that's where we are now. Okay. So, um, and there's some Jewish Orthodox churches and Armenian churches. Well, the building, there's not believers there anymore, but there's a building. And there's one that's that on the main mall that's a gorgeous building. But after they kicked out all the Christians, at a university to try to get it, and they're like, no, it's going to be used in Armenia. But one day when it was open, we went up there with some of the guys from another church, and they did praying inside. And this guy came up behind us, and you could just tell God was doing something. Found out he was an Iranian Christian, but there were several Iranian refugees living in the city, and he said, hey, um, we told us there's all these Iranian Christians, they just want somebody to gather with. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just a great guy, great translator. And then one day he's like, um, I'm not going to be coming anymore. I'm like, what? And I, I saw everything hinged on him. Because most of the people coming were Iranian. These Iranians translating and praying. I'm like, what's going to happen? And later on I found out he went like, uh, kind of off the field into Pentecostal and everything. And he started to really translate. And uh, he, uh, he was like, um, I'm like, the next time we're going to a meeting, I'm like, And um, everybody but him was there. And God provided another translator from another church. So, so but right just three weeks before then, that church story, we got on the boat, one of the boats to go to Greece. I'm like, God, what are we going to do? Well, then God provided another translator from the mother church. I'm like, and that might lead to three issues. Like, he got a job. God, <laughs> what are we going to do? <laughs> and then um, he, uh, and so he got the job, but God provided another lady that was initial. She's one of the refugees, one of them in the city we're in. So she was avoiding it, avoiding it. Well, you know, she moved and she got there at the exact right time and she moved with her. There, it was just, 
And then even us, like, I didn't want to come back this summer because I want to come back to see family, but we didn't know what was going to happen as far as the leadership of the church and everything. And praying for waivers is so, so great. Right. <laughs> We're always on the edge there. Well, the pastor of the mother church has a, per- a pastor in Israel, which is kind of by Ephesus. And this guy was like, um, talk to him. And then, okay, I could go on and on about this guy. <laughs> Sort of a, a three-headed eagle, and he went to one of the big masks, and he might not have come, and hopefully he'll be there. He'll stay, and we'll have a great Christmas family there when we go back to worship. I like how it's all, well, I'm not going to get on the phone and try to get a guy, and I mean, that's kind of what we do, right? A lot of just, I got to get in throwing texts out, and you guys are like, yeah, I'm just going to pray that somebody comes and does this, and every time it, the void was filled with yeah. prayer. I think that's so cool. It's just the right time. It doesn't always <laughs> yeah, I know. It's not always when you need it. Maybe like the next time a guy comes. So. <laughs> that's awesome. So, I mean, we touched the bag. No, we're good. We're good. Okay. All right. So, um, one thing that I've been kind of noticing in the news is Christmas is popping up more and more than usual. And uh, can you tell us about the situation with that? Churches, churches changing a lot. That is so cultural. But um, um, that, I don't know. That I can, it was always cool if I can talk to you more. But with the churches changing so fast um, since the colonial time period of government to accept Native Americans as Americans in the South, more than Wow. And if anybody tries to stop it, they're the ones that get killed. So what it is, there's the law, and then there's the way it works. So, so the place that comes up, they can like it or not. That's kind of the place it comes. But, but really, if you go out, there's pictures. Could you imagine if a Muslim in downtown Rockville just starts going off and passing out bombs? How would people here feel about it? Yeah. Would they like that? No, I, that, they, they get a reaction. But So we don't go out and do it that way. So, like, how can we pray specifically for you, your family, and your church? How can we be praying? And we could add you to our, we want to add you to our prayers. So. Thank you. So, um, just first, I'm just going to tell a little story. About go ahead. Go ahead. Um, well, it's a spiritual battle. Like, what is it? Like, it's our spiritual call to light the house. We're like Christians that live now. But um, so in the dark, the lighthouse is on the black. Jesus 
world where they can't always be with another human. And um, one of the things when I was on the bus one time, I saw this movie, and it's two medieval armies going off to battle one another. And they're like all on swords and shields and shooting at each other. And then one army, all their archers were down. So next to these guys get full arrows. You know what the Persian army did? All the tent guys got together and started up We can't always be beside another believer, but when we pray for another believer, it's like they have that peace. Mm-hmm. Ephesians 6, with the armor, how can yeah. I go through the list that the enemy has to pray for me? Right. You know, so, so praying is huge. As far as how to pray, so thank you for your partnering. Seriously, we're, it's not just about what we're doing. It's not just about, we're all on a team. Right. Uh, you know, like before we left, we're, we're going through Ephesians to buy. How many of you guys work construction? Okay. Or even food. Can you imagine working with one hand, trying to build a house with one hand, or trying to fix a car with one hand? Need two hands. Well, when the body, you need each other. You're trying to walk with one foot. You get tired after a while. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, But as far as how to pray, um, praise God for Orpah, the guy that came from Haiti to live here. If you're going to be a Turkish Christian, that's the most liberal thing. That's the place to live. And they wanted him to start a church there. They were going to give him a big house and everything, his family there. But he's like, no, we need to build a church. And he left it all to build an orphanage. So it just really became for him. And he's good guy, so humble. It's, I just, but I just learned, he didn't tell me, I found out roundabout with Brother David with all the stuff going on. He was a little nervous. So really be praying for Also pray for our church and our school, what's going on there. It's not an anti-American thing. Mm-hmm. So how, you know, just how to navigate church bodies and all that stuff. Yeah. Did you have anything else you wanted to add? Well, I, I do. I we can we can ask for like the rest of the service. Yeah, we probably shouldn't. So, but I was thinking maybe it would be wise to pray over Tom. Do that. Yeah, yeah, share one more thing. We're talking about prayer today, so this is good. One of my favorite ways to share the Lord when I'm talking to people, I'm like, sometimes we just get to know them as Sarah Reed. I'm like, hey, can I pray for you? And just stop and do it right then. That's just just amazing, just stopping and praying. It's a prayer that's not memorized or anything. That's like one of the main, we've done studies in the chapter of Muslims becoming believers, and one of the main factors in the church is prayer. So just stop and do it right there, huh? Yeah. It's almost yeah. like we heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. Instead of saying, I will pray for you, hey, can I pray for you now? That's great, though. That's, that's a, we, we were talking about that just a few weeks ago, like how powerful that is. And you yeah. just, because they're like, oh, good, good, you'll pray for me. But no, 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 I want to pray for you right now. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, how, and how huge that is. Go ahead, Brett.
brother appreciate you all right all right so um tom will be here for questions afterwards if you need to know um in many in many it's happened a few other times before since i've taken over as pastor of hills of grace that uh i've i thought i knew what god wanted exactly for me to bring as and we're preaching through ephesians right now uh, Today, uh, Tony walked up to the computer, so it's Ephesians 2.10, right? I said, actually, no. I scratched it last night. <laughs> and uh, God was in, in, I've been in prayer all week, and I, I've been getting some texts from folks and uh, meeting with folks, and we are just, um, we're at a point right now where, as a fellowship, we just need to come together and pray. And we need to talk about what prayer means and and uh, the fasting part of all that and in some aspects of prayer. So I've, what I've done is I found a really good brief, it's about 10, 15 mi minute video. Is that video going to be good? Uh, a teaching on prayer, and then I'm going to follow up. I have a few things that I want to add to that. And then, and, then, uh, and then we're going to open it up for people to come up and get prayer. They can sit in the front row, get prayer. We'll pray on people, um, whatever, and finish in wor worship and praise. So... Um, God was just t telling me that this is a time for us to stop, pause. And a lot of times, pastors, we get in these, uh, no, 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 uh -uh, I got I to gotta stay. I got to be on this page of this chapter at this time. And, um, and I was reminded this week, uh, there, there's actually a guy that uh, is coming in, uh, in September. He's coming to do a conference, and he's going to speak. He's, he's a Muslim who turned Christian. And he's an evangelist, and he's out preaching the gospel all over, too. And uh, a couple guys wanted him at their church to speak. And I said, well, if, if that doesn't work, work out, I, I'd take him at Hills of Grace. And I kind of, as a joke, I'm like, we'll never get him. 
And all the guys that wanted him at their church, every pastor said, oh, we can't, if he preaches that day, we want him to be at this topic, at this part of our book at this time. And they called me, I said, no, if this guy's coming, I want him to share his testimony and, and share what he's been doing. I wanna, I wanna, we want to hear from him. He doesn't have to preach on Ephesians 2, whatever, you know. He doesn't have to preach right where we're off. And um, so, but it, just, but it just made me think, like, and maybe just because I'm a newer pastor, I'm like, no, that's okay. If it's set the, I'm trying to set the pride aside and say it doesn't have to be me up here every day preaching the Word. The Word comes from all of us, and we get words of knowledge and people in prayer all the time. So today we're going to hear a little bit from Francis Chan, and then I'm, my message, I, I mean, I saved it. We'll use it next week. It's, not, it's a good message. Uh, but, but we don't need to stay on track. Like, it's okay when it, we don't have to just always be in Ephesians. We will pause, and I said that from time to time. We will pause. We're going to work on prayer today. Go back to Ephesians next week, and that's okay. And I have to be okay with that. I have to be okay with not, pastors have to be okay with not following the schedule exactly, and and that's okay. And luckily, it doesn't bother me. I'm okay with that. So we'll do that. So um, Francis is going to speak for a few minutes, and then I'll come up, and uh, we'll close this off. So I know Tony, we have a, that's ready? All right, Tony's ready. I'm going to be quiet now. experienced an undeniably supernatural response where you go okay I know someone up there heard me because that couldn't have been coincidence have you ever done that you ever you've just prayed for something so specific and the answer blows your mind and there's no one that can tell you that no one was listening because you saw it you experienced it and once you experience that there's, there's nothing like it in life it's an amazing feeling. You understand why that early church devoted themselves to prayer. If you're given a mission, that really is impossible. I mean, you're telling this small group of people, Jesus commands a small group of people, I want you to get this message to the ends of the earth. You have to be looking at each other going, the world do we do that I mean, remember this is 2,000 years ago and to get this message to the rest of the world they go okay God you're gonna have to do this for us and so they devoted themselves to this prayer and, and when I when I look at the way they, they prayed I I see this pretty different from the way I was taught to pray because when I was first taught people just said hey just just start talking just say whatever comes to your mind and and so I did I would just start opening my mouth and talk to God about whatever and and there's some truth to that but I noticed in the Bible there are also some warnings that we have to be very careful how we approach God for example Ecclesiastes 5 says guard yourselves it says guard your steps when you go near to the house of God and it says draw near to listen 
rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools who do not know that they're doing evil. Don't just go and start talking. Come silently, come slowly, be careful. And see, these are the things that no one ever told me. They didn't say, hey, be careful what you say to God. Don't make all these empty promises. And yet you have in Ecclesiastes 5 saying, you better be careful what you say. Otherwise, God will destroy the work of your hands if you make these promises you don't keep. And, and as I studied scripture more and more, I realized very few people taught me how to pray in church. And very few people warned me. And they didn't even explain to me that God doesn't always listen got to be careful what you say. In fact, James 4 says a lot of times you'll ask and you don't receive because what you're asking for, you're asking to spend on your own passions. Well, no one warned me about that. I thought you just ask him for anything, say anything. You know, like a big genie up there. As I look at the way the disciples prayed back then, and as I look at the way Jesus taught us to pray, I, I, I realize it's a lot different from what I was taught. Prayer to them was, was really different. They asked for things that was different from what I typically ask for. And so the last few years, it's been a process of really just understanding prayer again. I remember growing up in this, uh, this little Chinese church, and, uh, and they, they, they taught us how to pray the Lord's Prayer in Chinese. And, and my prayer, my, my Chinese isn't real good, but, you know, they, they made us memorize this. And it's almost like a competition, you know, me and my little Chinese buddies were trying to figure out who can memorize it. So every week we learn a phrase, and, and pretty soon I remember we got it. It's like, you know, we would just say this thing and, go, and have no clue what we're saying. I mean, what's a I have no clue. I still don't know. It was just this thing we memorized and we said it and we said the Lord's Prayer and no one knew what we were talking about. And I think, I still don't know what those words mean. It, you know, I, I had no clue what I was saying back then, but I, I said it really fast and I, you know, and I, and I beat some of my friends and, and, and is that really what God intended? But, but what's amazing is years later, I learned it in English. I learned the Lord's Prayer in English, and it wasn't until a few years ago that I realized, wow, I don't even know what I was saying in English. I never really thought through the phrase, and, and maybe you haven't either. I, I mean, I mean, think about it. The very first word, when we say, our Father who art in heaven, just that word, our. Did you ever think that you were praying, our Father? And, and how we say, give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debt. It, it's, it's all about us. I never thought about prayer as something we were supposed to do together. They, they never taught me that, that it was something about our fellowship and this group, this gathering coming before God and saying, our dad. I was taught to pray this in isolation. In fact, some of my friends tell me that they were told to pray it as, as a punishment for some of the things that they did wrong. Hey, say say a bunch of our fathers and and. And, and we, we lose the thought of this community, this group of people coming together before their Father in heaven. And here we are on this little planet addressing him. And it says, hallowed be thy name. That word hallowed meant sacred. Your name is so sacred, God. It's, it's an honor to even speak to you. It's an, even, it's an honor to even address you. Our Father in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Think about these phrases now that we've been saying for years and maybe we didn't mean. I mean, we, we, we used to say, give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. We're asking for our daily provision. I don't know that I've ever had to pray this because I've lived with so much for so much of my life. But think about that phrase. You're saying, God, give us this day our daily bread. Just give me enough to get me through this day. The truth is, is I think if God just gave us our daily bread, many of us would be angry. Many would be like, that's all you're gonna give me? You're just gonna give me enough to sustain me for today? What about tomorrow or, or next year or 10, 20, 30 years from now? I wanna know that I'm set up. And yet Jesus, now just, just pray for your daily provisions. not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lead us not into temptation. Haven't you prayed that at times in your life when you actually still were holding on to some temptation? Maybe you weren't even ready to let go of all of your sin, and yet you're saying it's, it's like your words weren't matching up to your heart. And the one that scares me is, is when we say, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We're saying, God, forgive me in the same way as I have forgiven others. That scares me because I know I've prayed that while being angry at other people. I know I've prayed that prayer while I was still unforgiving. And so now when I'm telling God, God, forgive me in the same way as I forgive other people. See, we, we need to be warned about this stuff shouldn't be just making these vows to God and saying things we don't understand. I never understood thy kingdom come, thy will be done. I, I didn't get that. I mean, have you ever really thought that through? It was just a few years ago that I thought, wow, what was I asking for? I was saying thy kingdom come. What we're saying is, God, I want your kingdom. I, I want, it's, it's, it's like the, the, the great commission where he says, you go and you teach people to obey everything I commanded. We're saying, God, that's what we want. We want you to rule. We want your reign. We want your kingdom. We want everyone to obey you. You know, it's like in heaven, you know, you've, you're on your throne and, and the angels and everyone's following you. We want that here on earth. See, when you pray, is your desire the same desire as God's? Are you after this kingdom? Are you after this mission? Or are you after your own kingdom? So often when we pray, it sounds more like, my kingdom come, my will be done on this earth. I want what I want. Unlike what Jesus says, where Jesus says, hey, not my will, but yours be done. And, and when Jesus taught us to pray, he says, when you pray, pray in my name. And so what we do is at the end of our prayers, we'll tack on, oh, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. We say, God, give me this, give me this, give me this, give me this. In Jesus' name, amen. Because that's not what he meant. He didn't mean tack that on at the end of your selfish prayer. He said, no, when you pray in Jesus' name, it's like I am praying for the things that Jesus wanted, the things that he cared about. It was about his mission. We 
have to check ourselves and go, am I concerned about the things of God? Because so often when we pray, it's just about ourselves. mistakes in prayer uh, a lot of times in church prayer became like a transition thing where okay pray there because then we're gonna have the band come up while everyone's got their head down you know it became like this convenience rather than a bunch of people really come in the presence of God the beautiful thing is I, I thank God he's a God of grace and he heard all those prayers I prayed in ignorance and he forgives me but what I get excited about is what if we did pray the right way? I mean, imagine this. What if you got together with a group of people and you knew that this group of people, they all loved God, they all feared Him, and they really were living for God's kingdom and for His mission. And imagine if you came collectively with people that you've sacrificed with, you've sacrificed for. This is a family and you come united and you all pray together and say, Our Father, you've seen our lives. You know that we care about your kingdom. We want your kingdom here. We want you to change us. We want you to change the people around us. Can you imagine praying with that type of unity? What the Bible says is God is looking for people like that. Second Chronicles uh, chapter 16, verse 9 says, The eyes of the Lord, they're, they're roaming to and fro throughout the earth. He's actually looking for people who are committed to Him. Why? Because He wants to strengthen them. I love this. God wants to answer our prayers. It's not like we're asking Him to do something He's reluctant to do. He's looking for people. And I keep thinking, Man, can you imagine God sitting on his throne and seeing you and a group of your friends praying the way he asked you to pray and praying for the things that he cares about? I, I got to believe that if we did that, he's longing to hear that. He's longing to show off his power. But maybe we haven't seen it. Maybe we haven't seen his power because we haven't been praying for the things that he wanted us to pray for. when we pray like that and we really mean it I really believe that's when we'll see the supernatural just like the apostles did and when we see those types of answers prayer will no longer be a ritual or a time of transition a way to end a service or a way to uh, bless a meal but it'll be a way of life isn't there a beauty as you hear that what if to see him answer your prayers it wouldn't be a chore it'd be what you would live for
thank you, Francis, for getting us started today. You know, the, you know, the pride of me could say, you know what, I, I should have went first, because I'm not going to be able to top what Francis could have possibly brought to us. And, uh, but really, the same God that flows through him flows through me, throws, flows through you, and, and, and praise God, right? And um, my, my message is, is just to kind of compliment his today. And um, man, I don't know, I, I hope that spoke to you is the same way it spoke to me. It was just so powerful saying, all those things that he said, and um, and then in doing some studying, I, I didn't sleep much last night, <laughs> um, doing some studying and doing some praying myself, I'm reminded of uh, the term prayer and fasting, and uh, and some of you might not even know what, what that means, and uh, so I'm going to talk about that a little bit today, and throughout, throughout Scripture, the Old T- Testament, it appears that fasting with prayer it had to do with a sense of need and dependence. Prayer and fasting are combined in the Old Testament in times when they're mourning or looking for repentance or in deep spiritual need, and they combine the two. They, I mean, they speak in reverence of, of what Francis just brought to us, but then, but then they add, how are we going to be reminded of that? And for us, it's almost worse, and I'll get into that. The first chapter, a couple things in the Bible, first chapter of Nehemiah describes Nehemiah, Nehemiah praying and fasting because of his deep distress over the news that Jerusalem has been desolated. As many, he had many days of prayer that were characterized by tears, fasting, confession on behalf of his people, and pleas to God for mercy, asking for mercy. So intense, so intense was the outpouring of his concerns that it almost was inconceivable that he could take a break in the middle of such prayer to eat and drink. And that's kind of what Francis was saying. Like, why does it have to be this transition? Why does prayer have to be just before the meal? Why can't we, in a way, be like, no, that's what, hey, let's take this to God right now. The devastation that befell Jerusalem also prompted Daniel to adopt a similar posture. So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and fasting, in petition, and in sackcloth and ashes. Daniel 9.3, like Nehemiah, Daniel fasted and prayed. Prayed that God would have mercy upon the people, saying, we have been wicked. We have rebelled. We have turned away from your commands in your laws, how are we praying as a church? And that's where it kind of hit me, like, how are we? How am I praying? How are you praying? How are we praying corporately together? There's big decisions that, you know, that we have to make. Are we hearing? If there's this big decision, are we hearing from God? Or are we just using our own wisdom of man to make a decision? We do that all the time. Are we trying to, like, like Francis said, are we trying to lead God and what we want, what we desire. I'm going to lead God there. I'm going to lead him in that. This new job just popped up. Looks great, right? I really want to do it. But maybe if I prayed and maybe if I fasted and I, and I, and I sought after God, he would show me that maybe it wasn't the job for me, even though it paid more money. But we live in America, right? So we look for, a lot of times we try to guide God in our prayers. I'm... We're all guilty of that. In several instances in the Old Testament, fasting is linked with this intercessory prayer. David prayed and fasted over his sick child, weeping before the Lord in earnest intercession. Esther urged, or urged Mordecai and the Jews to fast for her as she planned to appear before her husband, the king. 
Clearly, fasting and petition are closely linked. There are instances in prayer and fasting in the New Testament, but they are not connected to the repentance or confession. The, the prophetess Anna never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying in Luke 2. At age 84, her prayer and fasting were a part of her service to the Lord, his temple, as she awaited the promised Savior of Israel. A part of her service to the Lord, amazing, no food, usually no drink. And why do you think that they fasted without such important daily needs? It's that, it's that reminder, right? I mean, it's kind of like if you leave your phone at home. Everybody ever done that? And you're used to getting your alerts and your emails and everything. I mean, there's times I'm like, oh, I don't have my... And I go to grab it. I think it's right here. I think it's right here at my side or it's in my pocket and it's not. Oh, I left it in the car. Oh, my goodness. And... And it's like, you'll be fine. You put it, okay, hey, no big deal. I left it. You know, I left it. It's not a big deal. But then what do you do? But two minutes later, oh, shoot. There, you know, and you're looking for it again. When, when, you pray or, or when you're in prayer and fast and you decide to give up something so important to you, and in this case, we're talking food, sometimes even water with that. If you give up both of those, all of a sudden, you're, you're going about your day and you realize, I'm starving. So instead of your first instinct to run to the Burger King for the $1.49 piece, you go... You go to prayer, right to prayer. And then, you know, you get some strength. You're, okay, God, thank you. And you, you move on about, about, about your day. And, and I've done this a few times, not, not many and not lately. And um, each time I, I recall going like not very long again, and there's the pains again. Well, so what does that prompt me to do? I need to pray. <laughs> Instead of saying I'm just going to pray today at 10, I'm going to pray at 11, I'm going to pray at 4 and just for that, right? holy cow, I'm tempted, you know, so I don't know, so maybe it could be anything, it doesn't have to be no food or drink, you know, it could be, it could be that cell phone, it could be, in my house, if we just turned the TV off, what a far thing would that would do, you know, every time you thought about turning the t- TV on or grabbing any sort of device, I always li- like it when I have friends and they say, yeah, but we don't even have a TV, oh wow, that's amazing, how do you do without a TV, well, we have six tablets, well, you have a TV. Stop it. Just because you don't have the big screen, you have, I mean, you, if you're watching your shows right here, you have your TV. Don't be fooled. Right? So, I mean, if there's something, I don't know what that is, but there's something that, that if you're going to go to the Lord in prayer over something, especially very important, whether, I mean, your fellowship, your, your fellow man for, for sicknesses, for illnesses, we have to come in the right reverence, as Francis was saying. We're supposed to be giving up something so big, something so important in your life that you'll be constantly reminded, and you'll just drop to your knees, and at the time when you do that, you're in unity with your Father in heaven. You're praying for His will to be done. I thought that was so important, what He taught on His will to be done, not mine. We sing that song, not yours be done. That was in my head when he was doing that, right? His will, not, not ours, God's will. God's will isn't always what we think it is. In the New Testament, the church at Antioch was fasting in connection with their worship when the Holy Spirit spoke to them about commissioning Saul and Barnabas for the Lord's work. At that point, they prayed and fasted more, placed hands on these two men, and sent them off. They were sure now that they had heard from God. So we see these things. We see the examples of prayer and fasting are components of worshiping the Lord and seeking His favor. Nowhere, however, is there any indication that the Lord is more likely to answer prayers if they are accompanied by fasting. So we don't, you know, we don't, okay, well, he won't answer my prayer if, if I fast. 
The whole, the whole reason to, to if, if you wanted to add some sort of a fast with that, whether it be food, drink, soda, something that you know that it would be hard to give up. I always li- like it when I was a kid, we'd, uh, we'd give up stuff for Lent. Anyone ever did that? Right? I know it's, it's more of a Catholic thing, but we were L- Lutherans and we were Catholic light. So we, um, so we tried to give up something for Lent as well. But I always gave up something I knew I could do without. And so like I'd have like 35 vi- video games. I'm going to give up this video game for Lent. I probably hadn't played it in six months. That was easy to give up, right? You know, but what if you gave up some, or something you were dependent on every day? I'm going to say it. You're not going to like it. Your morning coffee. I don't know. I don't, I'm not dependent on coffee. I used to be dependent on Mountain Dew, and I'm not anymore. But um, I don't know. Something so important, or, or maybe it's like phones off till noon. I don't know. Whatever it is, fast from it. Or whatever you think it'll, it'll, it'll bring you closer to God, I challenge you to try it. If you do something like that, you just, it's not that you have to answer to me, but I'd love to hear about it. You want to text me or message me on Facebook or send me an email? I want to hear about it. Here's, what I, here's how I fasted this week. I want to bring these stories back. I don't have to use your name, but I, I'm excited for that. So you don't need necessarily to fast from something for God to hear your prayer, but rather fasting along with prayer seems to indicate the sincerity of the people praying and the critical nature of the situations what they find themselves in. We see that in Scripture. This is dire, dire, dire straits throughout the the examples that I just gave. Something's really important. Yeah, let's just pray for that real quick. We don't, that's not what we see. We see days upon days, hours upon hours of prayer and fasting. Why would they model that if, if we weren't to do the same? But we get our, we get our um, again, we're all guilty of this, we get our American ease of prayer and we just, yeah, yeah, I'll pray for you. Yeah, yeah, I'll pray for you. I mean, there's big decisions to be made. Notice Francis added that we are praying because we want to be in his will. We're not praying, petitioning God as if he's a genie in a bottle. I often do that. I think I have three wishes, right? He's going to grant one, then the other, then the next. Let his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray for new homes. Think about that. Think about how when we think about our world in America, you know, we, you know the media tries to get us to, to go against each other. Well, you got the 99%, the 1%. We're all a part of the, 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 the 99 or the 1% or whatever. We're, we're all a part. We're like the richest people in the world, and we barely, and, and even if you don't have much, in this country. Most pe- people don't even have walls and a roof over their heads in other nations. But we're praying for a new house. And, and we've been praying about that. My wife and I, and I, I read that, I read, I'm, I'm so convicted on it. Are you kidding me? I'm praying on that? That's insane. What am I, th- what am I even thinking? I mean, I'm sure Tom can tell the stories of what some of the folks are living in outside and the, out- the outskirts, the villages and stuff. And just the things we see on commercials and stuff. We have no clue. We're praying for a bigger home. We, we, we pray for direction from God for many things, whether it's to lead us to Hills of Grace or another fellowship or to a new job. Whatever it is you are praying for, remember you need to pray that His will be done, not yours. When we first came to Hills of Grace, my wife and I, my will at the time, all my friends, because we, we all went to this one church and a bunch of, we had a big church split, 
And uh, all of, uh, probably about 80% of our friends went to one church building. And, uh, and then other people just scattered throughout the city. We all kept in touch. It doesn't really matter where you worship, right? You can, we all worship the same God no matter what building we're in. But I, everything, in my, everything in my want was telling me to go to this church, to be with my friends, to be with what was comfortable, to be with what felt safe. And God called me to Hills of Grace. I didn't, we didn't know anybody, did we, at the time? Well, no, I knew Stephen and Justin. We did some movie nights with, with we partnered with Hills of Grace at the time. But so we knew, I knew some friendly faces, but not too many. And I was, I was nervous. I was scared. And it was hard. I, it was probably one of the first times in my life that I listened to God and not me. I, easier to be with my friends. I have a lot more fun with my friends. I don't want to come here. This is a challenge. I don't, I don't know many folks, and, and it's going to be difficult. And, um, but we decided we're going to come to Hills of Grace. And the first time I met with Justin, and we met, we had dinner. He, I laughed at him because he told me, I think you'll be a pastor someday. <laughs> I thought he was crazy. And um, it, just, it just hit us. It was, that was the first time I've ever probably we followed God's will. It wasn't comfortable. It wasn't what we wanted. It was what he wanted, and it was hard to listen to that because it hit me right here because all my friends were going to that other church. And I, and, and I met, because every, you know, Sunday morning is kind of cool. A lot of us, we come, you know, you see it. If we start at 9.15, you see people start rolling in at 9, and that's on purpose because you want to shake hands. You want to oh, man, how's it going? How's your week been if we haven't talked? Or, you know, and you get together, and, and you start making all these friends, and that's who you, you know, you want to talk to. You want to hug in the morning. So it's, so it's easy sometimes, right? Right, Audrey? We're hugging it up, you know, and, um, and sometimes it's easy just to go where it's more, it's, it's, some, it's difficult to go where God's calling you to go sometimes. The more critical the situation, the more appropriate the fasting and prayer became. In Mark 9, Jesus cast a demon from a boy. The disciples have been unable to perform this exorcism, although they had previously been given authority over unclean spirits in Mark 6, 7. Later, the disciples asked Jesus why they failed in their attempts to free this boy from the demon, and Jesus said, this kind can only come out by prayer. Mark 9, 29. Matthew's account adds to the phrase and fasting in Matthew 17, 21. In this particular case, the demon was exceptionally malicious and he did not want to leave. Mark 9, 21 through 22. But Jesus seems to be saying that a determined for must be met with an equally determined faith. So the determined foe, the, the demon, must be met with an equally determined faith. You can't just come soft at it. Prayer is a ready weapon in the spiritual battle. Tom brought it up, Ephesians 6. And fasting helps us to focus prayer and give it resolve. The theology of fasting is a theology of priorities in which believers are given to the opportunity to express themselves in an undivided and intensive devotion to the Lord and to the concerns of spiritual life. This devotion... It's to be expressed by abstaining for a short while while such normal and good things as food and drink or cell phones or something can be. We just enjoy this uninterrupted time with our Father. That's what, that's what we want to do. We want to cast our burdens on Him. Francis was saying it, or Francis was saying it, He wants to answer our prayers. He's up there looking down saying, oh, it's awesome. These guys are gathering in prayer and that's what I want and praise. This is so great. I'm so happy. I'm, I'm such a proud father of my children. And that's what he's, that, that, uh, uh, that's kind of the message I think we get from, 
today, and um, we're going to do something we, I, I don't know if we've ever uh, done it here before, and if um, you don't feel comfortable, just stay in the back, it doesn't matter, but um, Casey's going to strum a li- little bit, I'm asked, I've already texted some folks to kind of help me with this, but um, we're going to, if anybody wants prayer, and actually I need prayer, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to sit, I'm just going to sit in a chair right here, and people are going to come alongside me and pray over me. And if you want prayer, and there's going to be multiple folks up here ready, all over, ready to pray. Whether I ask you or not, I don't care. You just step up and pray with folks. Because I don't have everyone's phone number. I, the, the text was basically to give folks a heads up. But uh, maybe, maybe you have big decisions that you're making in your life right now. Right now. For a job, for for a loved one, for like, like Francis says, he's coming to the Father because the Father is so good at forgiving, right? But I'm not forgiving somebody else. Maybe that's what you need prayer for. And you don't even have to be specific. Just come sit up here and someone will pray over you. And I'm just, I, you guys are going to sing some songs during this? Some light music? Are they singing? Okay, you guys come up. So we're going to do that for a few minutes here before and then just... After that, when we're done with ser- service, I'm not going to come up and do an announcements. We're just going to dismiss. But uh, there is a, there are all those boards over there. So I want to check those out. We're signing up for Wednesday night studies and signing up for Sunday morning Bible studies. We're trying to get a n- our number on all those. So feel free to sign up for all that stuff over there. Check that out afterwards. That's the only an- announcement I'm making. But um, if you need prayer, just come up in this first row and people will pray with you.